You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Talking about these wins. So the Knicks are headed back to the playoffs after picking up two big wins over the weekend. Jalen Brunson, 48 points to power the Knicks to a win over the Cavaliers. Uh, in Cleveland on Friday. Then on Sunday, the shorthanded Knicks uh, came from behind to defeat a shorthanded Washington Wizards team, uh, running away with a score of 118-109. The Knicks got a stellar performance from Jalen Brunson once again, who had 27 points in the win. But the bigger story from this one might be the performances of some key role players, some key supporting cast members of this Knicks team, starting with Quentin Grimes, who continues to shoot the lights out. He had 27 points in this game. Obi Toppin uh, starting for Julius Randle, who is going to be out for the remainder of the regular season with an ankle sprain. He scored 21 points in the win. So big performance from those guys. RJ Barrett did not play in this game. He uh, suffered an illness in the game, so he was unable to play. So Emmanuel quickly stepped in. Uh, he added 22 points, so quickly doing what he normally does when he gets into the starting lineup. So a lot happening over the weekend. Uh, Randle goes out for the rest of the regular season. He's going to be reevaluated for a sprained uh, ankle in two weeks that would set him up, line him up almost right before the start of a potential game one in the postseason. Uh, meanwhile, Obi Toppin has been in the starting lineup and RJ Barrett missed the last game with an illness, um, but they're expecting him to be back soon. So uh, what did you learn, Tommy, from these wins the Knicks got without Julius Randle in the lineup? Yeah, I thought it just kind of reinforced, you know, there have been a, a ton of great storylines this season from the Randall's reemergence and Brunson and, um, you know, so many of the other good players, um, you know, just, you know, ascending, you know, really, you know, kind of hoping, becoming what Nick fans had hoped, the Nick's front office and coaching staff had hoped. And one of the, uh, one of the other storylines was to the depth of this team. Somebody yeah. goes down, the next man up mentality. Every team talks about it. Every coach talks about it. The Knicks have walked the walk when it comes to that um, that, that cliche. Um, they really have. And, um, and as we've discussed, the Knicks don't have one of those elite – you know, superstars in terms of, you know, top five talent in the NBA, um, yeah. you know, one of the 10 best players in the NBA. As a result, they kind of have to rely on contributions from a well-constructed roster night in, night out. Um, and one of the benefits of that is even when one component is missing, um, they have the depth and the all around, you know, just just kind of the, the ability to pick each other up that that allows them to s- sustain a success. We've seen when Brunson goes down, IQ steps in. R.J. Barrett goes down, Grimes and, and IQ will chip in. Um, and now we have Randall missing two games of the first time all season. Um, Sunday night in a win against an albeit depleted Wizards G League team. Um <laughs> Obi Toppin scores a season-high 21 points. The Knicks have four players scored more than 20 points for the first time since 2018. 
um, December 1st, 2018 to be exact. It was an overtime win against Milwaukee. Uh, that was the night Mario Hazonia uh, stepped over Giannis. That, that's what that yeah. game was known for. Four Knicks with 20 points in that contest were Emmanuel Moutier, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kevin Knox, and Damian Dotson. Um, one, not only does that tell you how long it's been since the Knicks scored 20 points, two, it's a reminder, not that any Knicks fan would take advancing the playoffs for granted, but a reminder of just what Knicks fans have had to root for, the Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah. The trying to convince yourself that Damian Dotson is going to be a, a star player, that yeah. Alonzo Trier is going to be the next guy that's going to be a you know legit <laughs> starter in the NBA. Um, Alfred Payton is a quality starting point guard. All these other players and young guys and Frank Nilakinas and and Frank Williams and and Ronaldo Balkans. We can go on and on and on and on. The Knicks finally have the guys that can lead your team to sustain success. Quentin Grimes, 25th pick in the draft. Um, you know, you mentioned Grimes, and we'll talk about him right off the bat here because he deserves it. Yeah. Um, last six games, he's averaging 20.8 points, 4.8 rebounds, four assists, 4.8 made three-pointers, while shooting 52% from the floor, 50% from behind the arc. Um, during the stretch, basically two weeks, he leads the NBA. He's tied with Clay Thompson. And three-point shooting um, has a higher three-point percentage than Steph and Luka Doncic and Klay Thompson during that same stretch. Um, even going back ten games, he's right around fifty percent from three. Um, he's playing the best basketball of his career at the moment. Um, you know, IQ. We've talked about him. He's going to win six men of the year most likely. There's just you know so many things about this team. Uh, you know, looking back on the season. The, you know, nobody would have said that few people would have argued that the Knicks could win 46 games and all but lock up the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference with a week left in the regular season in order for all those because because in order for that, in order for them to be 13 games above 500 in early April. Grimes would have had to exceed expectations. IQ would have had to exceed expectations. Brunson would have had to exceed expectations. Uh, Julius Randle would have had to exceed expectations. Isaiah Hardenstein would have had to exceed expectations. Some guy they got at the deadline would have had to exceed expectations. Yeah. And John Carter's done that. And all those players have done that. Um, so it really, truly is remarkable when you look back at the big picture, um, just how well everybody has played when their number has been called uh, for the most part. Um, you sum all that up, you throw it all in the blender, and you get a team that's 13 in the game, 13 games above 500. Looks like they're going to lock up the sixth seed, uh, the fifth seed in in a, in a day or two. Um, and it's uh, just a, a fun, exciting Knicks team to watch. Um, that I that I think we're all appreciative. We've had the opportunity to kind of have a front row seat for. Yeah, it's something that I kind of teased on the last show, not knowing that they were going to win two games, obviously, and not knowing they were going to get such great performances from Grimes, great performance from Obi Toppin um, on Sunday, but. I mentioned on the last show, I said, you know, I hope that they when they had over the heat in the second half kind of showed the entire organization, showed the coaching staff, showed the players, showed everyone, the fans, that the Knicks are not a one man show. They're not a two man show. They're not an end all be all with just Julius Randle and that this was a good team. This was a deep team. This was a team that if they played the right way, could win multiple ways and multiple styles of play. And that's essentially what you saw in these games, starting with that Cleveland game where, I mean, you tell me Donovan Mitchell has all those, you know, start makes first eight shots, whatever he made. And he's going off the way he was in that first quarter. And that, that the Cleveland Cavaliers couldn't miss a shot. Basically in the whole first quarter, they score like what 47 points, I think. And you tell me the Knicks find a way to win that game. I would say it sounds pretty unlikely, but the Knicks showed that, Hey, 
they can get up and down the court. They could play a much more faster pace, a more free flowing place of a more free flowing way of offense when they're not so bogged down in just Julius Randle isolations or Randall Brunson one or one two man game. They were able to get a lot more easy shot. They were able to get out in the break. They were able to get in transition. And we saw them just really kind of thrash the Cleveland defense. I know they didn't have Jared Allen, which was a big loss in that game. But the ease in which Knicks were able to score, in part, I think because they weren't so predictable, I think was very important. Um, we saw that in that game. We saw in this game how a player, again, like Obi Toppin, a guy who's been you know kind of marginalized because of his role, because of the minutes he's unable to get on the court, he can go out there, he can get 21 points and get him with pretty much ease. You know, he's doing things out there that we don't get to see him do as much. It looked like the player is actually looking for him more on cuts and things like that. And you saw his production for the minutes that he played. I mean, you got what, 21, uh, you got uh, 21 points in 33 minutes, not 15 from the field, three for eight from three. You saw the shot profile change a little bit. He did take, still take a lot of threes. We actually got to see him take a lot more twos when he plays in those short minutes. He only gets to really just launch some threes. And if they go in, he plays good. If they don't go in, he doesn't play well. Uh, him playing with a different lineup, different group of guys, he actually able to, to, to provide, provide more offensively in this game. So it goes to show you that, hey, the Knicks are a good team and that if things aren't working one way, if Randall has an off night or things aren't going well, they could win in a multitude of ways. They could play a multitude of lineups. Some of these lineups we saw in this game, uh, the game on Sunday or game lineups we hadn't seen all season. And they had some success. So I, I hope that this is a, a wake-up call to uh, to the to the whole team, to the organization, to the fans that, look, like everybody's got to get on board. Everybody's got to be on the same page. And the Knicks – they're going to need Julius Randle to do anything in the playoffs. Nobody is foolish enough to think that that's not the case. Well, those, but it those does are, show that from a game-to-game situation, they're going to have to adjust. And if some things aren't working, they can easily transform the way they play, and they can still win games against good ball clubs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, don't say nobody's foolish enough because you, you've been on Nick's Twitter uh, long enough to know that. <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> enough. That's a very fair point. <laughs> that, that some people will. But yes, uh, 100%. Knicks obviously want Julius Randle back for the first game. You're crazy. Um, it just makes the Knicks a better team when you add an all-NBA player um, right. roster. If you have the choice, you, you take the guy that averages 25, 25, 10, and 5. Um, that being said, exactly to your point, um, this is a good reminder that they don't have to be dependent on their all NBA player or their all star point guard um, that there's and we talked about it last week. There's multiple ways that the, and this is a way that the Knicks can improve. Um, you know, for instance, the Knicks were uh, ranked 29th in assists per game uh, this season, 22.8 assists per game. I think only the Rockets are worse. Um, they dished out 31 on Sunday. The ball moves yeah. a lot more when Randall's yeah. not on the floor. Um, because it has to, because they can't rely on somebody to score in isolation and um, bully baskets that, that Randall can simply overpower opponents and knock down threes. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, and the Knicks offense has been better than good all season. They've been close to great near the top five throughout the, throughout the year consistently. Um, yeah. And Randall's a huge part of that. You know, 
know him and Brunson the biggest parts of that. Um, but again, you know, as we've discussed, that doesn't mean that they rely on that because in a playoff series now, when games really matter, when it's do or die, um, if you know if you're locked into one method and that method fails you, as we saw in that first round series against the Hawks, when Randall shot 37% from the floor and his numbers were way down from the regular season, the Knicks essentially had no chance and were um, stomped out in five games. Yeah. Now you have the opportunity. If that's struggling, let's switch it up. Maybe we'll go small. Hardenstein, have him facilitate from the top of the key. Um, you know, let Grimes get more involved offensively, uh, both shooting the three and taking it to the basket. Um, so there's just a lot different ways. So that's the, again, as we, as we mentioned in previous spots, the one silver lining you're looking for um, over this final week is um, you obviously want everyone to stay healthy, but continue to experiment with, with different lineups, different rotations, um, and, and kind of get everyone comfortable if, because again, all we know is that Randall's going to get reevaluated two days before the postseason. Right. That by no means guarantees he's going to be ready for game one that first weekend. So um, a lot of different, uh, you know, it's, it's it's difficult to predict what might happen. So you you put yourself in position to be able to succeed no matter what news you get from that reevaluation. Yeah, and, you know, we will talk about the playoffs in a second. I get the impression, and no one knows for sure. But I get the feeling knowing Randall and knowing, quite frankly, the Knicks organization and how they value guys being available, that they're, they put that two-week thing there because they're pretty much saying two weeks, we're going to look at it. And if he can move fairly well, we're going to throw him out there. Um, so I expect him to be back. But you're right, it's not a guarantee. And I posted it on Twitter, uh, especially. I, I actually posted it before or not in the first quarter of the Cavs game. I don't, it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't after. But I tweeted, I said, is there a chance – that the Knicks could find a way to sit Randall's first two games in Cleveland, steal a game in Cleveland, and he come back, uh, you know, 1-1, Randall comes back into the lineup. Because we saw Dallas last season, Jalen Brunson went solo-dolo, going up against the Utah Jazz, a Donald Mitchell-led team that was fully healthy. And they found a way to not just win one game, they won two games. Now, that was at home, so that was a little different. But they got two wins with Jalen Brunson running the show in Dallas without Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic was injured, I believe, also with an ankle injury. So yep. seeing what I saw on Friday, you know, I don't want to take too much from the game, but just seeing uh, how versatile this Nick team can be and I think how vulnerable Cleveland can be, it just made me wonder. Because uh, you're looking at then a game three probably being not three weeks out since ankle injury, and you're thinking, you know, any more time would be better than less time. And you think maybe three weeks would probably put him closer to being close to 100%. I did, it did make me wonder that do you maybe go into game one and say, well, hold him. And if we lose, maybe we put him out there in game two because we need him. Or if we win, then we say, all right, chill. We'll get you back in game three, back at the garden, back at home. Uh, I think it's going to be something interesting to uh, to follow uh, moving forward. D definitely agree. And especially if that game was like a if they play Sunday and then Tuesday and then they wait till Friday or the next day. Right. Sometimes you get those long gaps in playoff series. Um, definitely something to keep in mind. I will say um, I'd be lying if it didn't cross my mind that what happens if the Knicks win those first two games in Cleveland somehow without Randall and then come back and lose game three or, you yeah. know, that's Randall is psychologically, we know how temperamental that can be. Like, yeah. would he recover from that in the series? Would he recover from that during, because you know, the talk that off season would be fair or not, you know, the Knicks are a better team without Randall. So though that, that's a whole nother, you know, so for that reason, let's say, and, and let's say the Knicks win these final three games or they close the year on a five game win streak without yeah. Randall, even though the games are, you know, they're, they're playing two, three bad opponents. 
Um, you know, especially the, the Pacers, you know, team without Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I just, so for that reason, I think Randall's going to do everything possible to get back on the floor just to prevent the even murmurs of, you know, the Knicks are a better team without Randall in the postseason thing. I'm not saying that's smart. I'm not saying that's the right decision. Yeah. I'm just saying from what I've seen from the player and just human nature as we know it, um, I, I think that's something that has crept into his mind. Like, I don't want, you know, it's just the, the same reason why, you know, all these motive, while Cal Ripken never set out a game, like no matter, how <laughs> yeah. good you, no matter how good you are, you're always afraid about that, that player coming in and Wally pipping you. Um, so that's, you know, that's, you know, what, I, I think it's something in the back of the mind of, of Randall, but again, um, you know, the Knicks have done a good job throughout basically in Leon Rose's tenure of not letting information leak out. So I would say like, wait for a Woj bomb, wait for a Shams tweet to kind of get some insight into how the Knicks might be feeling, you know, at, uh, maybe a week before, uh, you know, the playoffs yeah. start, but uh, we'll probably have to wait um, until the days before. And even then I'm sure they're going to play close to the vest because they want, um, the Cavs to have to prepare. Um, yes. It's like, you know, if you're, you know, you don't, if you're starting quarterbacks, you know, uh, up, up in the air, you want the, and, and you have an option quarterback as opposed to a, a pocket passer, you want the defense to have to prepare for both guys. So obviously the Knicks are going to wait for as long as possible before they commit one way or the other. And we, we saw now, we've seen now two games, especially the last game against Washington, that the Knicks, I mean, Obi and Randall are completely different players. Um, Randall, Obi can have a big impact in games, which we saw on Sunday. Is there any way when Randall comes back, because he will come back at some point, is there any way that Nick can find a way to unlock some of this stuff that we saw from Obi in these games when Randall comes back? Because we've seen that, you know, Obi's uh, impact has been, you know, minimal at times because he's been forced to kind of only be a shooter. Here in these games, I mean, we saw him last game. He had four assists in this game uh, just now. Mitchell Roberts had four assists, too. So all the bigs were really getting into action, moving the ball a lot better than we normally see. But is there any chance that we could see Obi be unleashed a little bit better? Now, I'm not going to say more because I don't know if he's going to play more minutes, but maybe utilize better in these games when Randall does return. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, you'd like to think so. I wouldn't hold my breath if, if I was a Knicks fan. We've, we've, we have a, a good sample size here. Um, uh, the, the good news is that once the Hart's arrival, I think, um, reinvigorated Obi and, and, yeah. and, and the Knicks um, choosing to facilitate, uh, allow uh, Isaiah Hartenstein to facilitate more from the high post. Um, should get, you know, Obi some easy buckets off cuts and things along those lines. So, um, but, you know, again, it's difficult in 12 minutes a night, 13 minutes a night, 11 minutes a night to truly make a big impact, um, especially when they kind of camp him out in the corner. Um, and if he's playing on that second unit, um, that's probably where he's going to end up being. Um, so, you know, would you like to see, you know, uh, you know, a, a, an additional kind of ramped up Obi version 2.0 that we've seen you know that we saw sunday night um ideally yes but realistically i think with the uh, you know the limited playing time um and just kind of the team structure that it's not likely um but hopefully it's a little bit closer to this version of obi than it was in the first half of the season yeah i i i, I certainly hope that's the case you're right i think josh hart has uh done a good job of kind of unlocking a lot of guys in the team quite frankly yep. he's come in and he's really been a big impact and uh, we've seen almost immediately how much he changed the dynamic of the team. And he did leave that game uh, at the end against the, the Wizards. Um, he had also twisted his ankle. Um, I don't know. Have you seen anything on on how – I didn't see anything about being severe or anything. But um, the, the, the Josh Hart situation? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, the latest we have, fourth quarter, he twists his ankle. 
um, his right ankle goes down, yeah. starts limping off the floor. The entire garden gasps, you know, and yeah. just, everyone, you could tell like the volume drops down and everyone's a little more nervous. Um, the, the Knicks PR staff sent out a t- uh, tweeted out um, about 15 minutes later, uh, Josh Hart, his ankle had been retaped and he was cleared for a return. Right. Um, obviously he did not return to the contest. It was a blowout and need, no need to put him in garbage time. Same as you. I have not seen him. I didn't see him speak after the game. Um, right. I don't think they made him available to the media. Um, Tibbs didn't have much to offer because I'm sure they had to wait for the medical stuff. Um, it sounds like, you know, if the Knicks had a playoff game this tonight, he could probably play. Um, right. That's certainly the situation. He was cleared to play last night. Who knows? Maybe the ankle swelled up on him. I would assume the Knicks give him. Knicks, Knicks don't play again. Um, for uh, We're recording this Monday night, Knicks, uh, Monday afternoon. Knicks don't play again to Wednesday night. I would assume the Knicks give him uh, the, the next game off. Um, just to err on the side of caution, even if he's 100%. Um, because, again, part of the – there's only three games off in the schedule. One of the goals is win one game to clinch the, the, the Knicks' magic number, by the way, now is is one. So any combination of Knicks wins or either a Knicks win or a Nets loss, if the Knicks have locked up the, um, the, the five seed. One other thing just to note – um, so it certainly looks like the Knicks will have at least a five seed. Technically, they can still catch the Cavs for four. Um, that would require the Knicks winning all three of their final games and the Cavs losing all three of their final games. The Cavs play Orlando twice uh, and then Charlotte. So that's certainly extremely unlikely, uh, but <laughs> technically still possible. Um, and the other thing, just to note, the Cavs can still catch the Sixers for the three seed. Um, they're one and a half back with three games to go on the Cavs schedule and four games left on Philly. Um, so I believe Philly's number to secure the number three magic number to secure the number three seed is two. Um, so you'd assume that, 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 that'll happen. And, you know, the very safe assumption now is very likely it'll be Sixers three and then the Cavs next four or five. Um, but that being said, um, Knicks still have to win one more game to secure yep. a playoff victory, um, uh, to secure the six seed, uh, five seed rather, uh, ahead of the net. So they'll they'll try to win Wednesday night in Indiana. Um, maybe the last two games, you'll see some Trevor Keels and Jericho Sims and Daquan yep. Jeffries. Um, yep. So you know we'll see how that plays out. But obviously, keeping Hart healthy and and it, you know uh, Brunson looked like he hurt his finger a little, his thumb a little bit on that one drive to the basket. Those are the type of things you want to avoid in the last couple of games. Exactly. Yeah, one keep very right fresh, keep very right whole as we get to the postseason, which is now official. So Knicks win this one, uh, one eighteen one oh nine over the Wizards. They Wizards team that I thought was pretty pesky, and uh, Knicks didn't necessarily play their cleanest play in the first half. But I thought really turned it up, especially defensively in the second half. So 